Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Center right here in Tempe, Arizona, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And this morning... I am meeting with Fabi Insights founder and CEO, Bob Fabi, and we are very much looking forward to connecting. We've kind of been connecting on social media yeah. a little bit, and yeah. uh, we get to do the deep dive and find out who you are and, and what you're all about. I'm excited about it. Thanks. I am too. And you didn't yeah. have to come far. You're here in Tempe. I am. Very good. How long yeah. have you guys been here? So, um, we well, when we first moved, we moved out to Mesa because there was no... Uh, it was during the housing um, boom, mm-hmm. and then we landed on the top of the bubble when the bust happened. Okay. Um, and so we were trying to get to Tempe because that's where we were working at the time. And so I've uh, been here about 16, 17 years. Yeah, good. Tell us about Fabian Insights. So it's designed to to help people go deeper a little bit in terms of personality, uh, behavior, but then also coaching and primarily um, kind of making a big push in the, in the realm of dignity. Um, what I'm finding is that there's a, kind of a gap that's happening around dignity in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so Fabian Insights is designed to try to help in all of those areas, but particularly with dignity. So tell me about how would you define dignity in this context? Uh, dignity is the worth of every human being, period. <laughs> like period, full yeah. stop, no cap, whatever the, uh, the way to put it is. Yeah. And the gap that you've witnessed and you see people experience in the workplace is that we're expected to show up a certain way or we have to leave some of our heritage or our culture or our personality behind. All of those things. I, I think also what happens is, is that um, businesses are trying to do a better job of recognizing the differences in people. Um, but as they're doing that, they're creating policies and procedures and they're not actually treating people. So they want to say, <laughs> they want to say, and it's right, it's good that they're hiring people for diversity and inclusion. But you cannot have inclusion without dignity. Um, you can you can check boxes. You can say we have the right people at the table, which is critical. But without dignity, it doesn't really matter who's sitting at the table. How did this come about? <laughs> that, <laughs> That's this, a good that you landed on this word, yeah. right? I mean, it's more than a word. I'm not I'm not trying to simplify it. No, it's fine. What's the backstory for dignity specifically? So w- one of the things that I have noticed is this kind of this rise of objectification in our culture where what we're doing is um, we're placing people in boxes and we're saying, oh, you're this. Um, you have you have a name, actually, that's people are now saying, oh, you're a Karen. And it's like, well, wait, <laughs> um, there, there are people who, you know, she's a daughter. She's a mom, maybe. She's, she's a person. She's a human being. And so as I've observed that and I've observed how people are just, yeah, literally placing people in boxes so that they can treat them a certain way and justify their behavior towards those people, you know, I've wrestled pretty deeply with that and said, well, aren't we all human and shouldn't we start there? And what does that look like? And of course, other people have written on dignity. Um, I really appreciate Donna Hicks, who's written a couple books on dignity and um, done a great job at Harvard there. And so as I've read those things, I've, I've noticed that this is the thing that kind of brings us together. And I would look for things that, that bridge us as opposed to build walls right. and things. And I don't mean to use that as a metaphor, but That's it's, beautiful. it is real. Um, and so I, I'm just honestly curious about what does that look like? And then of course, um, when you bring up dignity, 
Uh, it has a lot of different meanings to a lot of different people, so it's kind of a weird term, but it's, it's really important. a fantastic important. term, and, yeah. and I don't hear it typically in the workplace. We hear mm-hmm. a lot of other terms, but this is it's, it's perfect, and the way you defined it mm-hmm. makes so much sense. It's mm-hmm. simply just the respect, right, well, of, of everyone. And what I would say, actually, is that, that, and this is one of the things that's weird about dignity, is that dignity is identity. And so if you are human, you have dignity. So I can't, I can't erase it. Mm-hmm. I can validate it. It can be violated, and those are terms, again, from Donna Hicks that I really appreciate. But then respect is actually behavior. Okay. And so the difference between identity and behavior is massive. Mm. So I actually don't have to respect anyone, (laughs) which is kind of funny. Uh, People aren't sure about that. And so when you think about respect, it can be lost or it can be gained. And you can have respect for an office, but not the person in the office. Right. So, so I always think about respect as I, if somebody says to me, you know, you have to respect me, you automatically lose respect. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like it's a guaranteed. It's like, you must respect me. I'll be like, mm, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so, so respect is behavior based and it's earned and, and you, can, you can gain it or you can lose it. Um, but dignity is identity. And that means that it doesn't matter whether I respect you, yeah. I will treat you with dignity. Incredible distinction, uh-huh. and thank you. Mm, it's super important. I was trying to like summarize what you had said when I you apologize. first. No, I, <laughs> yeah. I th- that show's done. Yeah. <laughs> that was perfect, uh, and I, I will never not remember that. Yeah. So, when you go and you work with mm-hmm. companies, mm-hmm. and are you working with individuals? We work with teams. Talk yes. a little bit about the work that you do. Sure. And and then who do you who who do you prefer to do that work with? Sure. So. I kind of work with everybody. So I do a lot of coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and one-on-one. One one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so so what's interesting is we can talk about dignity all day in terms of what that looks like, how we treat one another. Uh, it's a much different thing when you look in the mirror mm-hmm. and you say, okay, am I, am I validating my own dignity? And so I use a number of different assessments and tools to say like, okay, where are we at with your personality or your behavior or what what are those things that we're we're trying to address. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately, you know, the question is, uh, am I treating myself with dignity? And that's huge. And so that, that goes a deep dive in terms of, you know, it's past, uh, emotional intelligence, it's past behaviors, it's past personality. There's something else there and that's an identity core identity issue. So when I'm coaching, I typically can go deep dive that way. Um, when you're working with teams, it's a little bit harder because um, not everybody on the team's willing to go that deep and uh, and wrestle with those <laughs> yep. kinds of issues. And so with teams, what I usually do is is talk about communication and what communication looks like and how we can communicate with dignity. Um, and so so then you know if you if you scale that out and you say okay beyond the team and you're kind of dealing with an entire group, then what I try to do is personality and talk about how we communicate within personality. But then what are our preferences? What does that look like? And if we can operate with each other and with our preferences, that's a step towards validating each other's dignity. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your background, your journey yeah. that landed you here. And and yeah. this is the deep dish dive, right? I mean, this is Deep Impact Leadership. That's how we'll be um, publishing this podcast. <laughs> okay. uh, and I'm, I, I, I'm known to not have a conversation unless it's going to go deep. Okay, so good. Yeah, I'm, you're in, good I'm in the company. same company. <laughs> Maybe we're, we're kindred spirits. For sure. I don't do weather very well. I don't, yeah. Or, yeah, sandwich shops or, you know, yeah. just the light talk. Yeah. I, I'm, I, like, start to squirm and then I go, yeah. I'm out of here. Right. So this is, this is my comfort zone. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, for one, you know, my background is um, as a kid, 
Uh, I grew up in a house where uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, because my dad was in Vietnam and a number of other things, you know, where, where, where the environment was unstable, I had an, an enormous overbite. Uh, and so, you know, this is the early 80s. I'm giving away my age. Also and, in good company. <laughs> <laughs> love 80s rock. Right. Um, but so, so as, you know, as a kid, you, you, uh, everybody's dealt with having their dignity violated. And I would have never used those terms when I was growing up. Yeah. But I know that's what it is uh, now. And, and, um, and so having a sense of being the other is really important. And um, I certainly experience that often. Mm-hmm. And, and then as I've grown, I, and these are terms that I'm using now that I wouldn't have used then, obviously. But as I've grown, I've watched how that's, that's happened over and over to different people groups or to different people, period. And just really wanting to address that pretty deeply. Like, there's something broken here that I can't figure out. And then, um, you know, as a kid, growing up in Western Montana, I mean, we were just kids, you know, having fun. But, but having a deep sense of, like, it's not just me. I'm seeing it happen to other people. You know, by the time I got into college, uh, I was I was running my life my own way, and running that train into the ground pretty quickly. Like most of uh, us. Well, yeah, I was doing a good job. <laughs> so, I actually uh, my faith has made a, a really important impact in me. I became a Christian in college, uh, primarily, and then kind of wrestled really deeply with some of the problems within Christianity and the objectification um, that that's occurred within uh, my faith, mm-hmm. and so you know, kind of just landed on this idea that one, just because you're Christian doesn't make it, you, you know, doesn't mean that you've got that all figured out. But then two, a bigger picture of like, wow, I'm seeing this happening. It's a human condition. And, and how can I help address that human condition? And then of course, um, well, I mean, the pandemic's changed where we meet. Wow. Um, and how we meet. And how we meet. Why we're meeting. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I was grateful for an in-person interview <laughs> instead yeah, of Zoom. <laughs> So what's happened, you know, obviously is that people are gathering in different spaces, third spaces and different things. And so um, h- how do you get a message of, of dignity into different spaces? And the workspace is where, uh, I mean, I've spent over 20 years listening to people, how their dignity has been violated and work. And so that's the effort, you know, is to say, well, what, what can we do in the workspace that, that changes that dynamic a little bit? Mm-hmm. You work one-on-one, you yep. go into companies, you yep. start with communication, you mm-hmm. do some assessments. Mm-hmm. About how long do people work with you? Does it vary? It varies. It depends upon how deep they want to go. So I always think of it like um, um, maybe like snorkeling versus scuba diving. Good. You know, so I'm I'm always curious about I, what I don't do is is I don't just say, oh, well, here's the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to listen to people and see what what is it that you're experiencing that you're trying to address. The nice thing is, is that we have a number of tools in the belt so that we can, we can just be specific about that. And if, and if it's one thing then we can treat one thing or we can address it. Um, but if there's more then we can kind of, kind of go there. So the certifications are, are in behavior. And so when we're talking about people's behavior, uh, that's not always easy to change. And so that can look like, that can look like three to six months, maybe a year, depending mm-hmm. upon what people experience. And then if they want to go uh, in a different direction, there's, there's, there's personality assessments. So the problem with both of those is that people say, oh, yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I go, mm, really? You know, tell me more. 
and people say, yeah, you know, we, we, we brought somebody in and we did that and, oh yeah, it was fine. Here's you know, what so I am. Here's I what don't I know am. what it means. That's right. <laughs> and, and they put themselves in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, they objectify themselves or they objectify other people. And there's not really kind of a robust way of rolling that out within the community. And so I work pretty hard at that where I say like, well, what is, what difference is this going to make? And from there, if they choose, and this is maybe more on the scuba uh, end of things, is that um, we start talking about emotional intelligence. Most people uh, have a sense of of what that means, but then the ability to actually identify an emotion and then actually grapple with what they're feeling in a healthy manner is 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 different. So I think about that as more of like a scuba dive. Uh, the place that dignity. Uh, plays in all of that is that it can be either a snorkel or a scuba, mm-hmm. depending upon what people are looking for. It's a great uh, barrier to entry or mm-hmm. uh, re- releasing the barrier to entry. Mm-hmm. And then you can really go deep mm-hmm. or you can keep it more communication level, depending on what an organization or an individual wants to do. Yeah. yeah. And I think what, and it's funny because with communication, you know, I'll, I'll press the snorkeling analogy, maybe yeah. I shouldn't, but but you you really get a sense that you are in a different world when you snorkel. Um, and and I think with communication, what happens is is that people primarily have, you know, I, I think of it like four different languages. And so people don't even know that they're speaking German. They just speak German. You grow up in a house that speaks German, you just speak German, no thing. And then you meet somebody who speaks Italian. And this is true, actually. I just experienced this. We were just in Rwanda, and uh, I, I experienced this. So I know that it's not just us, which I was grateful for. Um, I'm trying to learn Kenya Rwanda as I, as we're driving around, and, and uh, <laughs> my third driver translator was able to speak louder <laughs> every right. time I didn't get it right. And so what I know about uh, language is that um, speaking slower and louder doesn't help. No. I've watched many of us in the West do that to those yes. who aren't from here, and uh, and so he would he would increase his volume, and, uh, <laughs> and still say the and same still words. say the same words and and say them more slowly. And I would do everything <laughs> I could to pronounce them. It was pretty funny. But so so what happens with communication is is that people will do the same thing with one another. Why aren't they getting this? I sent this email. Why are they not doing it this way? Et cetera, et cetera. And I think well. It's just like snorkeling. When you put your face in the water, it's a different world. And so when you're speaking to somebody who has a different preference than you, um, it's important to speak their language. And what does that look like? And it does look very different. It's not above the surface. It's below. And so if you and I were to to take assessments and, and we realized, okay, um, maybe I speak German and you speak Italian. Well, my job then, because I know, is to learn as much Italian as I can. That's a dignified response to mm-hmm. the differences. And so what can I do to speak Italian? Well, I can start with food because I really like food. Um, But it's more like, whoa, when I write you an email, I'm going to speak German when I first write the email. Well, what does it look like if they speak Italian? And so an an example of that would be if I am maybe somebody who prefers speed and I I prefer task, I'm just, the email is going to look like, you know, you're probably going to get what you need in the subject line, let alone, you know, like the two, two sentence thing that says, this is what I need and this is when I need it. But if, if you have a preference for, for maybe um, detail and maybe slower processing, well then what I need to be able to do is write an email that communicates in your language and not mine. Mm -hmm. And then obviously when you get an email for me, that's German, it's, it's incumbent upon you to try to learn a little German. Yeah, you'd want it to reciprocate. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I'm thinking about Daryl, our producer, and the risk of embarrassing him since he's here with us. Uh, we've been working together just a little over a year, 
in the beginning, my, at least my perspective, a lot of headbutting and struggling, just trying to find our way. We're both very dominant, controlling personalities uh-huh. and have a love for what we're doing mm-hmm. and a love for people, our guests and our mm-hmm. clients. And I really had to take, I, I kept wanting to Daryl to change. Uh-huh. And I really needed Daryl to understand me right. for the first seven to eight, maybe nine months. And then I finally had to look in the mirror. I don't know that the word dignity ever would show up. What what can I do to honor who he is and mm. honor where he's at mm-hmm. and and grow from there? Like, what are the, you said it earlier, what are the commonalities? What are the things, what's the foundation for, for what we're growing here mm-hmm. and who we are as people? Mm-hmm. And it's been and it's been magic ever since. And we've yeah. talked a little bit about it since then. I know he's made a lot of uh, changes and adjustments as well, uh-huh. but it's been that beautiful dance mm-hmm. um, in trying to, you know, uh, honor each other yeah. and um, meet each other where we're at, speak each other's languages. Yeah, it's critical, especially for organizations. What I think, um, unfortunately, what I've heard from people is, oh, you know, that's just a bunch of fluff or that's, you know, and I think, well, you know, actually, this is like getting under the hood of the car and working really hard to make sure the car runs really well. Right. And that's hard work. And especially when um, maybe somebody doesn't want to reciprocate. Mm-hmm. So so I think in in terms of, um, we, call, we talk about leaders. Um, you know, people think, well, I'm a leader, you know, so I'm just going to run and, you know, everybody can follow me and get out of my way and all that kind of stuff. That's pretty much how I showed up in the first couple conversations with Daryl. <laughs> so, you will follow so, me. <laughs> I own the business. I am a leader. I am a leader. He's like, hmm, mm. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, so what, what, what happens is, is you can ask the question, and, and this is one of the things that I think is really important. It's not just what we do, it's how we do it. And the how is as important as the what. Right. And so you could say, well, I'm a leader. Well, a lot of people don't want to follow leaders. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if that's how you show up. Um, it's, it's, it's the how thing that's really critical. And so if you're self-reflective, if you show a modicum of emotional intelligence and you think, well, what's it like to be in Daryl's shoes when I show up this way? Um, that's a really important question. Um, and so, so anytime the organization has a lack of emotional intelligence or a lack of ability to kind of self-reflect, you know, the car just doesn't run as well. The businesses don't run as well. Um, and eventually uh, that leaks and uh, businesses suffer um, because all of us leak, right. uh, you know. So, yeah, it's super important for those kinds of things to occur. Did you say we all leak? We all leak. I, I agree. Yeah. And if we can be self-aware <laughs> and self-reflective, we can clean it up as we're going along. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Or, or you can ask the question, like, how am I leaking? Uh-huh. I mean, that's just really important. And so I, I'm a big advocate of asking questions. It's not always a blessing to people because I, I'll ask questions of that. What are you talking about? Or or why are you asking that question? But I think what I what I try to do is say, okay, um, wh- you know, what ways am I leaking? Right. And how am I leaking right now versus how I, I was leaking six months ago? And and life changes um, are, are super, super important because we're going to feel a lot of pressure. So we are going to leak. And then it's like, well, how's this, what's this looking like? And how is it for other people to experience me? when this these things are occurring. So mm-hmm. whether that's in our personal lives or business, um, it's it's our full self that we bring wherever we are. And so so the, those kinds of reflections and questions are important. Um, I do find that uh, many leaders don't ask those questions and, and they're important to ask. Mm-hmm. Powerful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trauma. Where does trauma, mm. I know you little, know a little bit about my background, what I've been working on mm-hmm. both professionally and personally. Mm. Where does trauma come into the work that you do with people? Do you, do you build that piece in there? You mentioned in your own upbringing, upbringing sure. there yeah. was uh, some post-traumatic stress. Yeah. 
Well, one, I, I, everybody's hurting to some degree. We're all leaking. Everybody's leaking. There's something going on. Um, but I don't walk around with a suspicious like, hmm, how are you hurting today? Yeah. You know, yeah. what I do is I, I'll try to ask questions. And if I observe that, then I'll, then I'll try to talk about it or say, hey, this is what I'm seeing. Can you tell me more about that? My dealings with people in general when it comes to dignity is the, um, it, it, I think, now I don't know whether he actually said it, but it's attributed to Robin Williams, you know, with everybody's mm-hmm. fighting a hard battle. And I just assume that. Yep. Um, and so uh, and I think that's just part of being human. Yep. So, so um, I'm, not, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Kintsugi. Are you familiar with this? So, mm-hmm. so, so I actually have a book on dignity that's coming out and, you know, so I'm good. excited about when that. Is, yeah. Okay. Let's uh, pause. Should, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's important information. Okay. Good. Is, yeah. When is that? Um, it should be released uh, in November. This November? Yeah. 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 Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> that's so good. I'm the, I'm the worst self-promoter you Well, that's ever why you're meet. here so that I can do it for you. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. You. Is yeah. it called Dignity? It's going to be called, I the working title is The Dignity Gap. Of course. Yeah. And so, so in, in it, I, I, there's a chapter about Kintsugi and what that is, is it's the Japanese art of, of helping broken things. I'm embarrassed because the, I just told you that I was up at um, a cabin with friends mm-hmm. and my, my blood burst that particular weekend, a weekend we did a Kintsugi bowl. Oh, we each yeah. bought our own yeah, beautiful. and brought them up there. So I didn't, yeah. I, the name didn't resonate with me. Yeah. Tell our listeners what it is now that I've interrupted you. Cause I, now I know okay. <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry. So, so my undergrad's in history, so I'm a bit of a dork. So good, I'll tell good, the story. Go. So there's, so there's a Japanese warlord who really enjoyed the tea ceremony, which is a, a significant ceremony in the culture uh, at the time. And they actually value the cup more than the tea, which is odd for us. But he had a particularly precious cup to him. And at some point, somehow it broke. And everybody was scrambling, like, this is not what you want to have happen. Um, you might get beheaded or something crazy back then. And so um, what they did was they, they took it to the, uh, the Chinese uh, people who were uh, living on the island at the time, who had done work with um, porcelain and other things. And the way that they would um, fix things was to was to drill small holes and then put wires in it and to try to bring it together. But it would remain that way. So when they presented the cup to to the warlord, I mean, he was horrified. <laughs> I mean, because it looks like Frankenstein's monster. Right. You know, it's got all this stuff. And, uh, and of course, everybody was scrambling, like, what are we going to do? And um, what they wound up doing was taking some pitch or some kind of resin from a tree and then putting gold leaf in it so that then the fractures were put together with basically with gold. And when he saw the cup, he was overjoyed. He said, it's more beautiful now than when it originally started. And I think that if we can treat one another with that kind of kindness, how can I, how can I be a part of putting together your brokenness with gold? What does that look like? I think that's a really important part of trauma. And Mm -hmm. so if I'm aware that people are, have experienced, whether they call it big T or little T trauma, doesn't matter to me. But how can I be a part of somebody putting that together with gold? Well, a lot of leaders are like, listen, I'm trying to figure out the bottom line. I'm trying to do like, <laughs> I'm not a counselor. I don't want to be doing this. You know, what's going on? And I say, okay, well, I'm, I'm not talking about the full meal here. I'm not asking you to be a counselor, but I am asking you to consider what might that look like. And it may look like, well, one, just learning their language. We're creating this, this space where dignity is just kind of a thing. And then people can be um, broken and leaking, but being slowly put together uh, with that. So, and the result is beauty. tends to be more beautiful. Well, I think about brokenness in a maybe in a different way. Um, the assumption is that everybody is, 
Um, and, and then it's like, well, what, what, what role do I want to play in that? Mm-hmm. Um, I can sit there and blame them for being broken. I can be upset that they're not holding my tea, quote unquote, the way that I want them yep, to. I yep. can do all those things or I can, I could say, yeah, me too. How do we, how can we be together mm-hmm. in this? I think it's really important. Did, is Amy, Amy's your wife? Yes. She's the one who introduced us on LinkedIn. I think that's true. Yeah. 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 And is she involved in the... The work with this? Yeah, she is a little bit. Um, She is with uh, Express Script Cigna, and um, uh, she's a director there. And so um, she's been um, enormously busy, obviously, with uh, COVID and some of those things. Uh, She operates on a pretty high level, and uh, we show better as a couple. Uh, She's a pretty remarkable gal. Um, Sounds like it. She is. She's she's fantastic. What I try to do with, with Amy and the way that we try to work together is that she'll give me some insights from a corporate sense. Um, and then obviously uh, just our own practice of being married for 27 years wow. helps us to be able to go like, oh, we do speak so very different language, languages. Even and, this far into the relationship. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, you can have. Uh, you can have all the skills you want. I think we're as skilled as any couple I know. But if you don't have humility, you're not going to get right. anywhere. And so we try to practice humility as much as we can uh, with one another. Even though, I mean, she may be more akin to you in terms of leader. Uh, she's pretty She's pretty hard charger and she does things really well. Right. So, yeah. so, yeah, humility is a part of that. Big, big part of it. Yeah. Uh, what do you enjoy doing outside of work? Mm, it's interesting. Um, I do Brazilian jiu-jitsu when I'm not injured. And I really enjoy that. For how long? Off and on for five years, yeah. six years. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm actually waiting on a surgery right now, oh, which is wow. super disappointing. Yeah. But, but so you're not able to uh, not, not right now, right but now. yeah, but um, it's a, it's a grappling discipline. Yes. And, and what's really great about grappling uh, is that it's just you and another person and it's just constant problem solving. Wow. It's super cathartic. And they've actually found that, um, that first responders, um, people who've been in the military are finding that, and they're they're doing clinical studies actually that these grappling disciplines actually help with the post traumatic oh, sure. stress disorder. So it's really great. I mean, and and the communities that I'm a part of because of that are just they're they're a ton of joy. I mean, I really enjoy them. So I like to do that. I really do uh, enjoy just being with people. I mean, it's really fun. If I can spend time with Amy, I'm always uh, excited about that. Avid football fan. Okay, and it's football season right now. I'm so grateful. So, well, uh, the University of Montana Grizzlies are my team, so I follow them um, avidly. I'll put Mm -hmm. it that way. When they play Northern Arizona, we try to make our way up there and uh, wear our wear our Grizz gear. That's and my alma mater for my I'm undergrad. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> back in the day, yeah. we were Big Sky. I don't know if they're yeah, it's, it's they a Big Sky big conference. Sky? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We try to get back to Montana um, when we can. We really enjoy Montana. Yeah. Um, Beautiful state. Yeah, it's, it's breathtaking. How did you get here? So I came here for work. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so um, there was a job that uh, I went into the office and had a phone call from a guy from, from Tempe, Arizona. And uh, he said, you know, I heard you might be looking for work or I'm looking for somebody. Yeah. And, and uh and I was like, isn't that just um, Gila monsters and cacti? <laughs> right. I was like, what's Arizona? Like, ooh, whoa. And uh, it didn't take long for us to, 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 to recognize, like, I think we can make a go of it here uh, despite the, the vast difference. Yes. And so I enjoy, I enjoy those things, really enjoy coffee. Coffee's really I good. I saw that in your bio, and yeah. I offered you some today. You're like, I, I had my cold brew. I had cold brew, so I'm good. If I have too much, I'll be a good. bit of a jittery mess. I love coffee. I'm not, I'm not necessarily a connoisseur of coffee, and yet I love coffee. A good coffee. Yeah. So, and I would say the other thing that, that I really enjoy is, the, is, is to be other places. I don't like getting there, but I love to travel. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mentioned we just got back from I was, Rwanda. Yes, and, go back to yeah, that. Is there so, is there a tie with your work? Then? Yeah, yeah. So so part of the work that we've done. So Amy, um, she actually got a uh, she she won a fellowship with Cigna. So now she's a Cigna Fellows, which uh, is a great title. And what they do is they give um, their employees who who win those scholarships, um, they give them six weeks and twenty thousand dollars, and they say, "Hey, go and make a difference somewhere in the world." Super cool. Cigna's great like that. Amy being Amy, kind of wrestled deeply with what that might look like. And especially in the area that we visit in, in Rwanda is in the south. And it's in an area called Kigimi. It's the second poorest area of Rwanda. And if you just think about poverty and then you think about the second poorest, it's it's impoverished. Mm -hmm. There are uh, 20,000 Congolese refugees who are present there. They were taken out of the Congo, pushed out of the Congo because they speak Kenya Rwandan. The Congolese were saying, you go into Rwanda. We don't want you here because you speak a different language, which is part of the, well, it, it's it's <laughs> obviously dignity yeah. violating, but it's part of the colonization process that sure. occurred. And 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 they, they drew lines of distinction where they didn't exist and create problems now today. So you take a very poor area and then you add another 20,000 people who've been displaced. It's, it's a problematic. And so Amy looked at the hospital and said, okay, what can we do with 20,000? And then we found an organization called Project Cure, who I can't affirm enough. Uh, Project Cure gets medical equipment and they put them in these giant containers. And it costs, depending upon where you go in the world, you know, it costs roughly $20,000 to get a container and get it shipped. But you can fill it with about $400,000 worth of medical equipment. So we did an assessment at the hospital in Kigemi and uh, found out what some of their needs were and then are waiting actually right now. It should be mid-October when the container is actually filled and we're trying to get it to the hospital in Kigemi. And so those are those are some of the partnerships that we we have with, with Rwanda, um, working with the church there as well, but really trying to do um, things that are really dignity-focused. So so if there's work that we can do with uh, genocide survivors, we try to do that. And that can look really simple. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, I'm not sitting across from somebody whose language I don't know and trying to work with them. But it, but it might look like uh, identifying who the widows are uh, mm -hmm. and, then, and then what can we do to help them get housing mm -hmm. um, or maybe orphans. Uh, many of the orphans now, of course, are older. Um, but it's, it's those kinds of things that we try to do there. And that was my seventh trip. I hope to make it many, many more. So, uh, Do you anticipate going soon once the container is there? So the, the challenge is the timing. Uh, my yeah. daughter's going to graduate from ASU uh, on the 12th. And so that's, December. Yeah, yeah, December. So so um, I don't think that I'll be able to go when the container arrives. Mm -hmm. We were trying to do that with our trip, this last trip. But because of COVID, I mean, there's just been nightmarish delays and things sure. like that that have occurred. With the so, container specifically, the I can I only mean, imagine. I, it's just been uh, challenges after challenges. So Congrats to your daughter, by the way, just the one Thank daughter. You. I have a daughter. She's 22 yeah. and uh, her name's Hannah. She's lovely. And Shout out my, to Hannah and Amy. What's up, Hannah? <laughs> um, and my son, JP, is okay. uh, 20 and he's in North Carolina and he's actually kind of doing an entrepreneurial thing, which I'm really excited about. So, Very good. Yeah, they're, they're, they're flourishing right now. Right now, I say, because yeah. you never They'll know. They'll continue. <laughs> I, I have so. no doubt, given the parents that they're, uh, they are so. a part of. I hope so. Um, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing work. Yeah, I love people. Uh, clearly. Yeah. yeah. And you just, you have this uh, this hum about you. Mm. It just, you know, just right here. It's my phone. 
to my pocket. So. <laughs> just this vibe, right? Yeah. This very chill, very grounded, mm. uh, very soulful, mm. very dignified. Oh, no, yeah, well, thank you. It. Yeah. yeah. I had asked early on, but I don't think that we covered it. If for our listeners who are thinking, gosh, I think I might like to work with Bob and mm-hmm. I need to learn more about this for myself or my company. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you work best with? You said you work with everyone. Yeah. And we can say that, but you yeah, know, marketing and branding will I tell us it. that we ought to niche a little I deeper. Know, right. Yeah. But you could stay, you could, yeah, you could stay with everyone if you sure, want. Sure. I guess I'm thinking from the listener's perspective. <laughs> I know I, for one, I'm like, gosh, I need to get to know you and Amy better. Sure. <laughs> Looking forward to the, growing that relationship. Mm-hmm. Let me ask the question differently then. If someone listening, uh, whoever's listening and they want to have a chance to connect, yeah. let's talk social media wise first. You're on LinkedIn. Yes. Where else? So I do have a website, Fabie Insights. You can find me there. F-A-B-E-Y. Um, F-A-B-E-Y insights.com. Okay. That website's getting rebranded. Uh, there's a lot of rebranding occurring around the Dignity theme and, of course, because of the books coming out. So so LinkedIn and and, uh, and my website are probably the best. Okay. Um, you will get – if you join me on Facebook, you'll get um, pictures of my dog, Max, and yeah. other things. So I don't use it primarily for yeah, business. Yeah, me too. But, Sun, sunrises and yeah, hikes and, do- and puppies, right? right? That's, yeah. it's that's kind of a glim- Maybe me doing a silly dance every now and yeah. again. Yeah. Well, I actually somebody uh, – so I, I this little inside, um, I really hate the song uh, Africa by Toto. I hate it. And uh, it's overplayed and it drives me crazy. And of course, people on social media know my my disdain. <laughs> and recently, uh, this guy who graduated high school with, uh, shout out to Matt Hedick, he found a app that makes you sing a song. Oh. So it'll take your picture and it makes Mouth it look like, words. yeah. And, and did you're that singing too. it. So Can I that. find that Oh, on it's Facebook? hilarious. It's on my Facebook page. I'll be looking for so that. So those are the kinds of things you'll see on my Facebook so page good. instead of <laughs> maybe yeah. some things about dignity. Uh, but I think I think LinkedIn and, and, and my website are primarily the places. And when it comes to who I want to work with, you know, specifically, there are people who have companies that, that are large enough to deal with HR issues, but maybe don't have HR people or have trainers to come in and, and do some training for them. So I would say businesses in that in that size. I would also say uh, people who are working hard at doing diversity and inclusion, uh, I want to work with because I believe that I believe in those measures. Yep. Um, and I also believe that there's a better way in terms of, you know, when it comes to inclusion and belonging, people use the term belonging. And I think they're all reaching for dignity, but they're, they're not. It's kind not, of poking around it, it's, it. Yeah. It's like, hey, how do you say that somebody's belonging? Well, they feel a certain way. And it's like, well, you need to start with identity, period. Right. And, and, and so I would say I'm happy to work with people who are struggling or, or wrestling with some of those issues. Um, I'm also, I'm also, I'm also interested in, in working with people who, um, aren't afraid of the deep dive. So, um, I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful for the, for the, the, the title of the podcast and the, the radio show, because I don't, I just don't do soft and, and fluffy very well. I just kind of go. This is my brother uh, from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. And so what does it look like, uh, for someone to get started with you? Is it a phone sure. call? Is it a discovery session? Yeah, it's How? all of those things. So, mm-hmm. so it depends upon what they're comfortable with, but I, I just try to say, well, Hey, let's get together. Maybe yeah. I'm prefer a cup of coffee and just kind of understand yeah. a little bit better, um, what it is that they're looking for and what, maybe what kinds of things I can, I can help them with. But I'm, I'm also like really happy to say I'm not the guy. So, so it's really important for me to kind of sit with someone and say, well, help me understand what you're facing. Because there, there are a number of tools and a number of assessments, um, it's, it's a question of well, what, 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 what works best. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I can do trainings around conflict resolution and other things like that. And so it's really trying to get at like, well, what are we dealing with here? 
and trying to help other people understand what they're dealing with. Because sometimes businesses say, we're having a problem here. And it's like, I understand that. That's what it looks but like. But the problem is over here. You <laughs> yeah. Know? So yeah, that's what I try to do. Yeah. So a cup of coffee, uh, give me a phone call. But it's usually face-to-face, try to try to discern what's going mm-hmm. on. And yet, you do you coach people outside of the Metro Phoenix area yeah, as well? Yeah. Right, yeah. Yep. And as we- a matter of fact, I did a beta test of my Dignity Gap uh, workshop with Australians. Okay, so we haven't talked about fun. the workshop yet. Yeah. I mean, we talked, we teased around right. it. Right, so, so what I'm trying to do is say, listen, if we're going to talk about dignity, there has to be a meaningful way for it to roll out within an organization. And so I put together a workshop in order to do that and give people a baseline to say, okay, now, Maybe if we're going to talk about this, let's get it in. And it's hopefully it goes beyond just, you know, like, oh, yeah, we did that workshop and we got the little shiny thing or whatever we're going to do to to help people to be dignity champions, you know. So so the workshop is designed to come into an organization and say, OK, let's just at least start this conversation. And why is this important? And how does it how do we do this practically? Um, and so so that's designed and, and ready to roll out. We're beta, beta testing it right now just to make sure that we're kind of addressing some of the things that people might see they need. Um, but that's something that I'd be more than happy to bring into an organization. Very as well. good. That's yeah. great to know. Uh, and you have done uh, the workshop with some Australians, you said? Yeah, yeah. so it was fun because of uh, – yeah, it was it, um, obviously over Zoom. Well, <laughs> I, I was not assuming that. I was just assuming, hey, that'd be a awesome. A... <laughs> I know, right? It's like, please bring me to Australia. Right. Although I'm terrified because I probably think of Australia the way that I did it. Arizona. I'm like, Gila monsters and cacti. And then Australia was like, don't you have like deadly spiders and snakes there? Like, I, I was want to go kangaroos and, and crocodiles. <laughs> yeah, right away. I'm like, yeah. funnel web spiders and great whites. and. Ugh. So you, you so, rolled this workshop out via Zoom. Yeah, so so all the things that, that I, I do, I try to make sure that I can do virtually as well as uh, in person. To. Yeah, and just to be completely frank, I mean, still trying to work out sure. some of those kinks because it's not a natural thing for me to do. Um, but I think it's it's important to to try to beta test things and just say, like, how are we doing? What does this look like? How does mm-hmm. it feel? Um, it's really different when you're in the room with people, and I, I appreciate that. <laughs> oh, so, yes. Yeah, so, so I rolled that out. Um, had really, really great responses, really specific uh, feedback that I was really grateful for. And so looking forward to doing that with the more companies here in the U.S. Very good. Yeah. I, I will, hopefully we'll get to help you do that. That'd yeah. be great. We know yeah. a few companies. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Just one or two. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Early on in your upbringing and mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. was there an influence or someone specific, a book you read, a speaker that you heard, mm-hmm. or grandpa's, mm-hmm. <laughs> where you just thought, I I want to take part of that with me along mm-hmm. the way? You mentioned that you became a Christian in college, I yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but is there someone there for you? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I think I think of it more like a mosaic for me. And so, so there were parts of people that I took with me. I mean, my dad, my dad, despite the difficulties that he had, he taught me how to love people. Mm. And I'm really grateful for that. My dad, my dad could see the, uh, he's still with us, so I'm grateful. But, um, so he can see the beauty in, in just about anybody. And I'm, I just love that about him. And so I always credit him with being somebody who, who, um, has taught me, uh, how to, how to love people. And, Despite, you know, the, the, the context, um, but I did feel loved, mm-hmm. um, but it was challenging. You know, it's just that it's, it's never, it's never a hundred percent one thing. It's always a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so that's why I think mosaic. So there were people along my journey who, who I credit with like, oh my gosh, without them, that would not have happened. And without them, that would not have happened. 
um, my mom uh, helped pioneer home health care in Montana. Really? Um, she's she's feisty, and I just just love her. Uh, I call my mom Barb, which is really funny because it's off putting to some people. <laughs> think, How do you call your mom first name? I'm like, How long have you been doing that? A long it? time. And so <laughs> I it just was nine. Even, yeah, I, don't, I really. Probably. I think it, I think it started in high school it or has something. A joke, so, probably. Yeah, it was just kind of like a. Oh, it's Barb. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't she even. Was Barb. She's Barb. You know, and and she's my mom. I you know, know, and uh, but she's fantastic, and you know, all five, four of her, uh, and she's a force to be reckoned with, but. But I really, um, I know that um, she went to like a, a Catholic nursing school and she was taught, you know, you treat every patient as if you were treating Jesus himself. Mm. And so so there was a piece of dignity laid into how she oriented to nursing and, and you know, kind of um, grew in that context. And so I, I do believe that my parents obviously are kind of the fundamental people who, who have shaped me that way. I did a uh, find your why session. I don't know if you're familiar with Simon Sinek, but this is one of the things that I do with people is I get that workbook and then I walk them through their why. And um, one of the ways that you do that is you chart some of the pros and cons of life, you know, highs and lows and things. And nearly every high that I had was with with Amy. Um, And so, yeah. And so I credit her with um, being somebody who, who has, uh, helped shape me and and who I am. Uh, my children have done that as well. Well, they so, do, don't they? <laughs> yeah, if you let them. Yes. Uh, and I've I've really tried to let them. Uh, I I I I have so many regrets. You know, I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done this oh, better. Sure. I wish I would have done this better. But but I do believe in the beautiful people they're becoming, and, yeah. and I like that about them. So so it really is a mosaic for me. Um, I, I didn't necessarily have that one steady influence, but I had a number of people in really timely spots where mm-hmm. it was like, oh my gosh, thank you for this. Yes. Um, and even people that, that, um, are crunchy, crunchy, really hard on me, uh, and, and deeply challenging. Um, but, but I'm grateful for, yep. uh, so, so it's all of that. I don't know if that's a way to answer the it's question. It's a fantastic way yeah. to answer that. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Uh, genre of music. What do you like music-wise? Oh, it's I'm totally a mood music guy. That's the worst. Mood music. Mood music. So I, I'm terrible. And I don't know if it's FOMO or it's something else, but um, I mean, recently we just went and saw Eric Darius. Uh, who, oh, who Darius. Yeah. If you don't know, and you, well, so I'm, I love jazz, smooth jazz. Uh, the Coyote was my favorite radio station here because it was just awesome and yeah. they play a bunch. So Eric Darius is a saxophonist who's phenomenal, and if um, he's super fun, the show was just—I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. But then uh, '80s metal. I mean, I can't get out of Metallica. It's so <laughs> good. Uh, but then you know, there's—I um, love flamenco guitar, and I love—I mean, so it really is mood Very, music. I'm I, the same. I, my 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 uh, Spotify playlist is is it, really mine something. too. So, Very yeah. eclectic. Yeah. There's this. Um, guy that I've just started seeing on Instagram, young guy, and he he does these um, these little vignettes in his car, right, with music. And and it's so all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, that's that's me. Like mm-hmm. I can, in one minute, I can be listening, to, not necessarily hard metal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, classic rock's about as sure. hard as I can go. Okay. Uh, but then the next minute, I'm listening to classical and, yeah. and feeling just as amazing listening that's to right. everything. So yeah. that's fun. Yeah. I mean, uh, when you wake up in the morning in Rwanda and you put on Bob Marley, it's pretty good. Oh, I bet. I bet. <laughs> Three little birds. I mean, you're just like, this and feels I'm, right. And I'm here. I'm here. This is so good. And I'm, and, and I'm being of service. Yeah. I think I think it's it's interesting. Um, yes, I, I do have a sense of that, but I also have a sense. So so recently we came to a um, 
an ending for we had 16 years of relationship with this uh, parish in in Rwanda and we watched them develop which was really really uh, fun and I was asked to speak and um you know I'm not uh unaware of the differences between us I'm not unaware of the fact that I'm I'm a white educated male who um you know in every respect is incredibly wealthy compared to these folks and so what I chose to talk I, I mean I didn't have a lot of lead time but I thought it through and I, and I said well let me tell you what you've taught us mm. and and so I talked uh, talked to them about the way they've taught us about forgiveness um, because of the genocide we have much to learn in the way of forgiveness um, super super challenging because all of us are broken you know and um, they've taught us about um, hospitality in ways that we can't fathom um, they've taught us about patience um, they've taught us. So, so what I did was I just, I kind of went through and talked about that. And so, so when I go there, I say, yes, I'm of service here, but I'm also learning. Oh, sure. And I, and I'm like, you have a way of doing life. And, and particularly as a Christian, I say, well, you know, Jesus in a way that I don't, and, and I need to learn more about you and what it means to be Christian from your perspective. And so, my three little birds moment on the balcony at the place that I stay. You know, it's yeah. like it's like all of that. It's like, yeah, I'm here and I'm I am of service, but man, I'm learning so much and I'm so grateful because these people are so beautiful and it's pretty uh, pretty remarkable opportunity. Mm-hmm. So that's how music music can play that role. And then, as a matter of fact, <laughs> there's video evidence of this, which I'm not proud okay, of. Okay, I've got a second. No, video no, no, I no, 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 no. You won't find it. It's only on my wife's phone. Oh, okay. And I told her, I'm Amy? like, don't you dare share <laughs> right. this, Amy. <laughs> so, give Amy my phone number. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> so um, the kids, uh, there's, there's cross cultural experiences. Or I, I just, I love them. You know, and what I found is that most kids understand when you draw a line in the dirt, and you stand there and you stare at them and you kind of smile. You turn your back. Well, most kids know, like, don't cross the line. It's universal. I've done this in, in different cultures. And so I was playing this game with them where I would stand there and then they would run up to cross the line and I'd chase them and we were having a ton of fun. And this boy says in perfect English, which I was really grateful for, he says, I'd like to play a different game. And I looked at him and I said, well, what would you like to do? And he said, I'd like to dance. So I pulled up Rob Bass on my phone. <laughs> it takes two. <laughs> and I started playing Rob Bass from, from the 1980s yeah. and we danced. And it was oh, so fun. My gosh. It was so fun. You know, so I appreciate music because because it, it really can cross so many things, you know, and it's a it's a beautiful way of of coming together. And and uh and so I love genres of music. I love them all. And I, I appreciate the way that um musicians speak a language that I don't have. So I'm always like, I need you because yes. you're voicing something I can't say it, without you. Same. Yeah. In the work that I do, well, trauma work and here at the studio, mm-hmm. um, I grew up always wanting to be either an actress or a singer mm-hmm. I mean, in the early days. Mm-hmm. I have, I don't have chops for either. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I listen to music, I think I'm not, I've not been blessed with that gift with a mm-hmm. voice or mm-hmm. an ability to play, play an instrument. How can I give somebody that same feeling, that same experience or similar experience sure. in just the way that I show up. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's really good. Interesting. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I, you know, I, I, I would say too that it's super funny because you just get put on the spot in, in, in certain places. And so there's literally a thousand people in the room and they're all kind of like, what is, what do you have to say? <laughs> and, and I said, I, I apologize that I don't speak your language. I said, but I can see your smiles. 
and you can see my smile and I'm trying to communicate to you that we love you and we're grateful for you. Mm. Um, and there are things like that that are little bridges towards dignity that, that really matter that we can, we can communicate. And so I'm always grateful for that. It goes a long ways. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah, it's been really fun. Yeah, so good. Yeah. Uh, Bob Faby, Faby Insights. Yeah. Uh, work Around Dignity. Yep. A book coming out in mm-hmm. November. Mm-hmm. Where will we find the book? On your website, it'll Amazon be, as well? It'll or? be on Amazon okay. and all the, all the outlets. You'll so, let yeah. us know when it's you bet. It's ready. I'll send you we'll, a copy. Please, oh, I would love that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then Angie and Daryl, if you'll make sure that they um, get the link, mm-hmm. uh, we'll, we'll add it to the podcast Perfect. Uh, when that time comes. Yeah. Yes. I hope this is just one of many conversations with that. you and I and Amy. Yeah, I'd love that. <laughs> I have a handful of people I'd love to introduce you to, uh, to so that they can uh, become familiar with you and your work. That'd be great. Yeah, very good. Yeah, thanks for your time. Oh my gosh, my pleasure. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live from the Max 6 Entrepreneurial Work Center. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I almost said music. <laughs> Bob and I lean music, and the studio leans business. Until yeah. next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.